The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Are you ready to create a life that's intentional and dynamic? Welcome to The Intentional Spirit with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Welcome, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning in, all of you intentional spirits out there, you people of empowerment and continuing to live in this incredible and amazing world that we call life. Wow. The immensity of power of that. I always like to say that life is excited about you. If you are excited about your life, it definitely is a co-creating and self-responsibility. Being intentional is a great part of that. One of the things I learned many, many years ago in in stepping into um, the shamanic world of deep inner wisdom of infinity and wholeness and healing and those kind of practices is um, the reason that I'm sure that the Fillmore's felt that resonation as well, that unity of village living on 1,400 acres of land, probably the reason they chose to be vegetarian or it chose them, is that connection with nature and that connection with that inner power. I've been extremely um, excited about our guest today, Lori Morrison, who is the author of the book, The Shaman's Guide to Power Animals. Lori, welcome to our show. It's truly uh, a a thrill to have you. It's an ongoing conversation, uh, at least anywhere from my office, is um, allowing and asking people to broaden their windshield uh, view um, in their automobile called life that to realize that when a bird flies down and stands in front of you, there's a reason. If you bump into the turtle, there's a reason. If you see a cardinal, there's a reason. If you have bugs in your home, oh, yes, indeed, there's a reason. Don't kill them. Learn what they're wanting to tell you. So thank you for being here. And how in the world did you get involved in animal power totems? Well, it's so nice to be here, and thank you so much, Temple, for inviting me. I'm looking forward to being with your audience today. Um, I, what happened was I had a pretty dramatic spiritual awakening about eight years ago, and all of a sudden the entire um, third-dimensional world dissipated for me, and I ended up kind of um, stuck in the fourth and fifth-dimensional space. And when that happened, I saw four jaguars, and they started to talk to me. And now, now remember, this is a person who, um, you know, was in Wall Street. Um, I had lived in Central America for 30 years, but I was, you know, involved in capitalism and all this, you know, world that we live in. Never really ventured into um, the spirit world at all. Um, I did have, you know, some interest in the Mayan culture, but that's mostly because I lived there. So all of a sudden, I'm in the middle of a volcanic lake where my home was, the veil drops to everything, and I see four animals, and they're they're talking to me, and so um, you know there was an accumulation of things that happened after that. You know, a lot of lot of chaos. Um, I was even um, 
speaking Mayan, um, a language that I had never really even heard. Um, and so I just kind of moved into this very tumultuous time um, when everything just crashed, where the, where the whole dimensional um, separation crashed. And so I worked with um, these these four jaguars um, were my initiation into the shamanic world. A lot of people, you know, say, Lori, where did you study or where did you go? I didn't have that experience like many people who um, get involved in the shamanic world. I had initiation by spirits. And I was um, off, you know, at, um, in my memoir, I talk about this whole story about what happened to me. And I, um, I was misdiagnosed by the mental health community. I ended up in mental hospitals because you don't talk to animals <laughs> when you're in, um, in, in our, you know, normal world. And so there was a lot of, um, you know, like I said, chaos ensued. And um, coming out on the other side of it, I realized um, when you know everything settled down, and I was I was you know more integrated into this new me. Um, I realized the importance of the uh, the messages from animals, and I realized that they could be very powerful guides for us. And like you said in the opening, there's really never a coincidence when an animal shows up. And I, that's been part of my passion. And in 2015, I spoke uh, along with other people for the Association of Global New Thought, uh, new thought leaders dedicated to, um, you know, humanity and our connection and peace in the world and those kind of things. I continue in 2019 to be baffled by uh, people in spiritual practices, uh, any level of re- religiosity even, even going that far out on the limb, how there can be such a disconnect. Even people that talk about there are no coincidences, but they refer to the perfect at the, the person at the traffic light or the person that called you and said, I haven't thought of you in a while. And there's this whole missing about, yeah, but. Uh, what about the the dog that was at your front door and went? Let me call the van to have him pick him up. What about the, you know, that kind of thing? It's just um, I just find it fascinating. Like how could there be no coincidences while at the same time not embracing all of nature, which as Alan Watts would say, we're born out of. We're not separate from. It's not a luxury to us. It's like it's who we are. It's, uh, it, it's, yeah, it's it so true. It's me. so true. We, we <laughs> gloss over these messages that are so, you know, so obviously in front of us at times. And, you know, this, this used to be called animism. You know, it was a, it was a, you know, I, I hate to use the word religion, but it was a belief system among many of the primitive cultures that natural objects, you know, such as rocks, um, crystals, plants, animals, all have a consciousness. And, you know this this term was um you know about the you know brought up brought up a kind of a theory about how it had a basis in dreams and the visions of humans and their observations of reality you know both ordinary and non-ordinary um which was something that was very common at that time and so you know the examples of some of these cultures are the you know the cueros in Peru and Bolivia you know, the North American peoples, um, they all saw everything as a consciousness, as a message, as a being. Um, and we also see it in the Aborigines of Australia and, and um, you know, so all the, a lot of the African tribes. 
And there's so much symbolism even in India um, and Egypt, and that was one of the areas I also kind of dove into was to say, you know, what did the Egyptians think about a donkey? Or what did the Hindus um, think about a um, an eagle? And so I tried to, in a, in a you know, sometimes a limited space, tried to jam-pack the book with all of that so that we could kind of see, you know, what these messages to humanity were, not just now, but in the, you know, but in the past, and to find that message to be very helpful in our own journey into oneself. Mm. That's, that's very powerful. How long has your book been out? It just came out, and we launched it the um, 19th of March, so it's just been almost a month out. Oh, my gosh, we get to be part of your grand birthing. That's so wonderful. You know, that's uh, one of my favorite sayings that is um, we, we celebrate um, your birth of whenever that was, and we, uh, more importantly, celebrate your your ability to allow yourself to be born many, many times, and this is one of them. I just love this. This is um, ha- what kind of feedback have you have you gotten so far? And has Sandra Ingerman seen your book, Miss uh, Well Noted uh, Shamanic Representative uh, on on the planet? I'd love her to have a copy of your book. Yes, I think she was sent a copy. I know she's been um, very busy as well. But I think I'm going to be on one of her um, shows, one of her programs, talking to her about the book as well. So I'm looking forward to that. But it's been very well accepted. We um, Yesterday we were number one release in shamanism. Um, so that was very exciting um, on, the, on Amazon. And um, it's just, you know, we've had just so much um, activity around the book. That's what's been so much fun is um, we, um, you know, people have been kind of determining what their power animal is. And I'll, I'll talk about that as well, how I've come up with a, a way to do that. And people have been reuniting with, um, you know, the energy of these animals. They've been using them in their everyday lives. And it's just been a lot of fun to get the feedback from people after they've um, had these experiences. One of the uh, most profound, I mean, as as I stated, I mean, the the real uh, true root of, um, and Sandra and I talked about this on, on the radio show, is that there's, um, you know, a, there's people that, uh, there's also commercialized shamanism, and there's people that go on a retreat for one weekend, and they get a business card, I am a shaman, and those things, but the language, uh, just, I'm just adding this, not because of you or due to you in any way, but the, the true language is that unless one is chosen specifically by a, a tribe or an heir, and you're being born into a tribe, you're not supposed to call oneself a shaman, it's more shamanic practitioner so that being said in my studies for many many years as a uh, shamanic practitioner uh, one of my most memorable moments has been when this woman had had a long-term history of physical ailments and so we went into the underworld and I facilitated the process called soul retrieval and uh, to ask for the images to reveal themselves about her life and where energy had been lost. And as we are in this space and I'm in this imagery, I see like this huge bear drop her off at the front door stoop of the school system. <laughs> <laughs> 
and the <clears throat> energy that that little girl carried in her body was profound and um, and and so powerful. And I've thought about that many times in in my life of how that was for her of living in the imaginative realm of living in a another world which children do until they're bombarded by people saying well that can't be and well you didn't really see that or it's not real and you know those kind of things and and another thing to just add because i i know how much you love uh, what you're standing for is uh years ago i was in new york upper state new york and there was a woman having many chronic kind of illnesses and i was running energy on her and every now and then in a moment i would see this huge cow you know and Uh just as it takes bravery for you to say well i'm going to tell people i've talked to animals and jaguars and you know so i'm it's about stepping out there and I, I said to her, I said, the weirdest thing keeps going on as I'm working with you is that there's a big cow coming through, keeps coming through the room, keeps acting as if like you have like this real ongoing relationship. And she began to weep. And she uh-huh. said, that's Daisy. And she was my show cow when I was a little girl. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, what happened to me was, um, you know, when I started to see all these things and when my initiation process, I was living pretty remote in the jungles of Central America. And mm-hmm. so the spirits started working with me, showing how I, showing me how I could bring animals to me. So one day they, they you know, they would get me up at like four o'clock in the morning and they said, we're going to go out and you're going to, we're going to show the power that you have to bring the animal world to you. So I was standing on the edge of the lake, and they said, way across the lake is a white egret, and you can bring it. And I placed my intention out on the lake, and then all of a sudden this egret started flying towards me and literally landed in front of my feet. And I was, you know, in, sh- in total shock. I was like, I can't, I can't believe I can do this, that this can even happen. Um, and then we had several, I, I, was, um, I worked with a, sh- a Haitian shaman, um, and another woman, very, um, they're very, very much connected to animals. And you know, we would do drumming um, ceremonies, and we would call in all the animals around us. And there would be chipmunks and squirrels and and all these birds out on the patio, like scratching at the window, trying to get into our drum circle. <laughs> and I was, you know, I, they taught me how to have these relationships with the animal kingdom. And then the biggest, probably most impact um, it had was they did a shamanic ceremony with me and um, reunited me with my power animal, which was a lion. And from that day on, when I merged with the lion, I have what they kind of have, it's kind of like an x-ray vision into the body, and I use um, her power to do that. And when I was able to do that, I was able to, see disease and um, find out how to heal others. And she also merges with me in healing. So all of these were just huge surprises to me. I mean, who? I had no idea these things, you know, would even be possible. You know, how, how could this possibly happen to me, you know? So it was, um, it was such a, a, a gift and it has been a gift to others as well when I've been involved in, you know, my healing practice. 
Mm, that's incredible. So for me, um, it's it's just a it's an ongoing. It it just becomes part of daily practice, right? To to be attentive uh, outdoors as to what appears and and what reveals itself. Um, and I, I think that's important um, in the in these whole uh, things that we that we share, whether it's a a set of principles that we we offer in unity, science of mind, new thought, or whether it's archetypes and power animals and those kind of things. If people can clearly get that it's a it's a practice, and it benefits your life a hundredfold. Um, as I said in my last posting on Facebook, that for a person to really maintain energy in his or her body and the sustaining it over a long period of time, um, one can do so much better if they have uh, their own uh, personal power animals, their totems, uh, the energy that they need to move forward, and also the um, you know the archetypes that come through imagination and those kind of thing they're they're so powerful and they're um aside from picking up a book here and there such as yours which we want people to do <laughs> you know it's it, it's not a long-term thing of commercialization it's at your beck and call it's called go outside you know it's called go look mm-hmm. in your book i mean I'm, I'm thrilled to have your book now and we'll refer others to it of course but you know, when somebody says, oh, I have these things showing up in my backyard, it's like, have you gone? Have you Googled? Have you looked up? There's a reason. <laughs> you know, get in touch with that. Understand what they're there for. Um, I, uh, even a bird that gets in your way as you're, like, going down, or a squirrel, you know, how many times have they prevented someone from having an accident uh, that could have been destined to happen, and they intervened, you know? Um Anyway, yeah, you can tell this is one of my favorite topics ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it was funny because the book, you know, I do some historical, um, I put some historical information in there. I talk about, you know, the different cultures and the meanings of animals in different cultures. And then I, uh, the first day that I um, started, you know, doing writing about the different animals, I looked, you know, I thought, well, I'll put everything in alphabetical order and I'll go from A to Z. So my first animal was aardvark. And I went out on my walk, and I called in um, the animals that morning because I said, I'm going to start writing this book, and I want the support of the animal kingdom. So I called him in, and so Aardvark showed up <laughs> on my walk and started talking to me, and he was so excited because he said, I'm going to be the guide from A to Z, and I'm going to tell you, you know, I'm going to help bring these animals to you. And I had this whole conversation with Aardvark. And for the first two months, every time I went on my walk, there was Aardvark. Um, you know, wanting to kind of guide me, and, and um, I was I was so surprised at um, the generosity that I had from the animal kingdom and the interest that they had, the spirits had, you know, in sharing this information. And so the half the half of each animal is a channeling because the artwork told me you have to give you know, have to we want to express ourselves. They want to you know, everyone want, all the gang wants to express what they're feeling towards humanity. So. It ended up, I didn't really realize I could channel that many <laughs> um, animals. And I thought, well, well, that's a pretty profound um, goal. But it worked out beautifully, and their generosity was so overwhelming, really. And I had just, each each one of them was just this profound experience. And 
And one of the things that really, really blew me away was that most of the animals have been on our planet for millions of years, not thousands, millions. And I think that's what really, you know, brought me into this kind of realization that there is so much um, knowledge of our planet through the, you know, hereditary and intergenerational um, learning. And so when I when I was talking to them, I wasn't talking to simple beings. I was talking to some very profound, um, you know, getting pre- profound messages that were, um, you know, some of the greatest teachers that I've listened to. Um, so it was it was kind of startling because sometimes we we see animals as oh these just simple beings or whatever. But I had the complete opposite experience, and I realized that they had such a knowledge they had, they had the ability for me to know myself because they observe us. They you know they live on the same planet with us, and so their observation of human beings was so interesting, um, and and the symbolism of. Um, you know, of them and the symbol of who we are and, you know, how these messages were so practical. Um, I, you know, there was sometimes I'd, 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 um, I'd channel something and they'd be like, you guys just need this or that, you know. <laughs> I would be like, that is so simple but so mm-hmm. profound. So the messages were, were way beyond what I had even um, suspected. You know, I always, they were my teachers, so I always knew they were profound in their message messages, but I didn't realize, you know, how how much um, knowledge they had about living on Earth. Oh yeah, it, it's just incredible with ancient wisdom, and I I often say that most people uh, that wake up to all the things that are so available to them, uh, because you know sometimes people think about you know spirituality like well, what I learned in a class, <laughs> you know, and, um, and there's nothing wrong with that. And, and that's a part of no. it. And so have I, and that inner group, a mirroring and reflection, the biggest classroom in the world is outdoors. Um, and, and, and discovering that and experiencing that and those kind of things. And, and when people do at a later age in life, get involved in, uh, the, um, the power animals and the totems and those kind of things. It's, it's usually goes all the way back to the first animals uh, that we chose to draw our wing creatures uh, when we were in our first art class, you know, mm-hmm. I, yeah. I look back now and I went, Oh, I was drawing them even then my memory was so connected to them right then. My practice was about feeling their presence even, even then. And, um, it, you still have that image in your mind. Uh, most people do. Yeah, they I, think, I think really the first thing they drew, right? Do you remember the first thing you drew yeah, when you, you know, were there's, there's, a, a it's, it's, it's amazing. Sometimes I will bring back a power animal for someone. Um, it, it recently happened to me. Um, a woman, you know, contacted me about it, and um, I have a I have a process on my website where you can actually do this, and um, and you can do it online. And what I do is I. I'm able to go back to the time that that person was born and find out what spirit of what animal was on their field. And so you can get the birth um, power animal. And it's been amazing because I had one woman I did it for, and she wrote to me in tears, and she said, Lori, I have starlings tattooed all over my arm. 
And I had gone back and told her that it was a starling. Well, she didn't know why she had starlings on her arms. It was just a connection that she, you know, that she just felt very, very strong um, about, but had did not really realize that it was this power animal. I had another um, person, again, same, just tears flowing. Um, she said that a, a neighbor friend had come over with a painting of a cougar and insisted that she had this painting. And she kept saying, you know, why, why, why? Well, she said, all of a sudden she said, I, there must be something to it. And so she put this um, cougar painting above her bed. And then she asked, you know, went through my process to ask what her power animal, and, and of course it was the cougar. So a lot of times we're not even aware, um, like consciously aware, but subconsciously we are. And so we have these connections to, you know, to the animal kingdom without real awareness that it is part of our journey and that the theme of that animal and the powers of those animals have been accompanying us on our journey to give us, you know, these enlightening messages and and supporting our um, earthly journey from a different from a different perspective a lot of times. I love uh, the sharing that someone can just download the information on your website. And for all of you tuning in, it's lorimorrison.com. That's L-O-R-I morrison.com. And a wealth of information is on the website. And I'm looking here at it now. Is it for the, um, let's see, where under the session uh, is it under book a yeah, session? Yeah, on the homepage, you'll, you'll, you'll scroll down and you'll see um, what's your power animal. Okay. What's and your power click, It's a girl on top of a, of a um, lion. Oh, yeah. Then, what's your power animal? Yes. Um, yeah, you just go in uh, there and then you sign up. And then it's, it's not a computerized process. I use, um, it's a very sophisticated program that I use that was designed by some really brilliant people in Europe. And what we what we're able to do is through your birth date and your birthplace, I can create a holographic kind of footprint of, of you Ooh, on the Well, when field. we come back from break, we're going to start right there because I don't want anybody to miss out on that. Give us a call, everybody. We'd love to hear from you at 816-251-3551. Let's get some chatter going about power animals and the work of Lori Morrison. We'll be right back after this short break. Thank you so much for tuning in and being with us today. Experience the difference. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. This programming is made possible through the generous donations of listeners like you. If you feel inspired by this programming, we invite you to contribute. Go to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate to make your offering today. Thank you for your support. Here's a Unity Teachable Moment with Rev. Ogan Holder, taken from a talk at Unity on the River in Amesbury, Massachusetts. Vulnerability is very uncomfortable. 
But as we know from so many teachings by so many people and from our own experience, the only way we will ever experience true connection is to be vulnerable, to be open. And to say, but what we say to ourselves, but when we're vulnerable, we risk being hurt. Well, you only risk being hurt, again, if you don't get a full understanding of how love works. Nothing and no one can hurt you. Nothing and no one is against you. And everything that happens in your life, as I always say, and I will always say, so if I keep saying it and you keep hearing it and you get tired of me hearing it, I apologize, but everything happens in our life as an opportunity for us to show up as God. To find a Unity Church near you, visit unity.org. Get your copy of Unity Magazine this month and deepen your spiritual journey. Pastor Nadia Boltzweber talks about the need to make a holy shift. Carolyn Mace gets gutsy with God. Justine Willis-Toms dives into new dimensions. And Alberto Violdo shares an excerpt from his new book, Heart of the Shaman. Subscribe for one year and save $5 off the cover price and get the digital edition free. Go to unitymagazine.org and get a free trial issue today. What if you could start each day with a positive outlook, remembering you are a divine expression of God? Daily Word is a booklet of daily devotionals offering positivity that's downright contagious. With a print subscription or by email, you can pause to reflect on how to practice spirituality in your human experience. Reading Daily Word takes about a minute a day, so you can feel uplifted every morning. Visit dailyword.com to subscribe. Tune into Everyday Attraction with Ray Zander every Friday at 12 p.m. Central here on Unity Online Radio. Take a deep dive into the teachings of Abraham and discover how to make the law of attraction work for you in your life. Each week, Ray goes into the heart of understanding the power of our emotions and how to become conscious co-creators. Learn how to release resistant thoughts and live life to the fullest. Find out more at everydayattraction.com. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Welcome back to The Intentional Spirit with Reverend Temple Hayes. And here we are, everyone, and wow, what a rich conversation we're having today as we're talking about the Shaman's Guide to Power Animals, the new up-and-coming and and powerful must-have for your library, your coffee table, your home by Lori Morrison. Also urge you to go to lorimorrison.com and to... Also, we were talking before we went into break, and I'm doing it now. I'm filling out the information of how you can receive uh, the power animal that was there with you the day you were born. Oh my gosh. So just start all over with that and tell us again, because I don't (laughs) want anybody to miss that. And, um, oh, oh, it's so beautiful. I'm just so excited. Like I said, I'm filling mine out right now because I want to know. (laughs) Yeah. So, so what it is, is um, I'm able through, it's a program it works with the concept of scalar energy, which is kind of that the same energy that Tesla is known for. And it's a, it's a very sophisticated program. It's not a simple 
um, you know, computer interaction or, you know, spinning a wheel or anything. Because we actually get the, the birth date and the birthplace, and we create your holographic footprint on the field. And then it goes, it gets programmed into this. And then what I do is I take all the animals um, and the spirit and energy of them, which all I also have their footprints, and then I kind of throw through that system, I scan all of those energies of those animals onto your hologram on the date of your birth. And then what happens is one, you know, one will pop up. And so whatever animal has the highest frequency on your field at that time is what I call the birth animal. And for me, the, this is the animal that's kind of like the theme animal for your life. Now, it will, it will oftentimes not be with you throughout your life. Um, others will come and go, and that's, that, I've had that experience where, you know, for a while I worked with the spirit of fox because I needed that particular knowledge at that time in my life. But the one of birth um, is, for me, is kind of the one that, that's kind of the general theme, the guide that goes through the life journey. And the indigenous peoples also believed in this, and they would when a child was born, would integrate an animal with them as, at, at birth. So this is very much part of the um, indigenous culture. And, for example, if a child um, was out in the prairie walking along and maybe had a, a traumatic event, maybe um, you know had an encounter with an animal that was a scary encounter or whatever, and any child who was traumatized, the shaman in the community would take the spirit of a uh, maybe stronger animal or, or a helpful animal to, and they would blow it into the heart chakra of the child to support the child through trauma. And so the spirit of animals was used all of the time. It was, um, you know, they, they would teach children um, a lot of times with, um, you know, certain animals, lessons with certain animals by going through what were the characteristics of those animals and then they would you know have them have encounters with them to learn those kind of um you know lessons so it's a, it's very much been a part of our indigenous community for years um you know centuries and so I thought how could I do this and get people what they wanted <laughs> you know to know about that cuz um as as a shamanic practitioner that could take me an hour or two to do that and so this puts it into a way where I can um, you know, plug it into the system, and then I also, when I see the information, I'm also working with the animal at that time because it just helps me kind of funnel it down to one animal so that I can just work with that particular animal and then get the information to people on a quicker, in a quicker way. And when that happens, it's, it's shocking at times for people to realize, you know, what, wow, it was so obvious to them. Sometimes it's not obvious, and I and I and I encourage people sometimes when they say, "Well, it's not really kind of what I thought or whatever." Um, it's always a profound message because it's probably something you've overlooked. And you know, one one of my um, one of my favorite um, um, creatures is the bee, and you know, the bee is about collaboration about productivity, about, you know, determination. And it's really kind of, you know, the bee is, a, is an animal that vibrates all the time. And it's vibrating, you know, that, that um, 
kind of animal kingdom constantly through its journey every day. And so, like, for the um, for a bee, we would call the bee in if we're, um, when we want to be focused and working towards a, a goal in our lives, when we want to understand that concept of being uh, kind of connected to the the universe because they literally fly on a by you know, with a vibration and or guidance to kind of find the the beauty and the sweetness in life um and also if we're ever stung by the um what B told me was that you're not trusting the universe <laughs> and so if you if a bee comes and lands on you and you get stung it's like you are you it's your it's your time right now to stop the craziness and start trusting um, so things like that can be, you know, really interesting. It's also about if you're too lazy, um, B will show up because it wants you to get going because B is a very active um, creature and doesn't like laziness. So, you know, it's if you think about a bee, for example, you know, a pound of honey requires that a bee makes 25,000 trips between the hive and the flowers. Hmm. And it holds the essence of over two million blossoms. The, the you know, it's 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 extraordinary the thinking of what that brings to us when we eat a teaspoon of honey. You know what are we eating? It's it's amazing. I mean, it, the flower essences in a pound of honey is extraordinary. And so sometimes just, you know, we we got to boil this down sometimes and realize what's happening in the smaller spaces around us. You know, it's um it, you know, it it truly is, you know, the Mayan word for honey is cab and that is the same word for world. And so mm-hmm. it's all about, you know, it's it's you know what what they bring to us in one drop of honey is is beyond what we could even imagine. When when we talk about infinity, I mean nature is the nature is the answer, isn't it? It truly is. It's just you know we, when we boil it down, because we we tend to just walk in such a, a, a you know a, a kind of an oblivious way. You know, my first trip um, to Africa was. Um, absolutely extraordinary and this was before this all happened but um I, we were in a jeep and with a tracker and he says oh my gosh he says the lions are moving today they're usually sleeping at night or during the day and out at night and so we were coming up on this kind of through this ravine through the jeep and all of a sudden seven lionesses came around the jeep mm. And we were told to stay very still because we didn't have any netting or any protection. We were just sitting there. And so they said, be very still. And so the seven of them walked right next to our Jeep as we were going. Oh, and, well, of course, well, and I didn't I even know you, that that I was believe, my I believe, Lori, excuse me for interrupting. I believe we have a caller. Okay. Hi there. Welcome to our show. Thank you for calling in. Really love those calls. Thank you. Say your name and um, and talk to Lori. Thank you. Um, my name is Michael, and I guess I was just curious on what animal was with me when I was born. 
you were curious yes. as to what? Say that again. Yes, my birthday is February 5th, 63, and I was born in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Okay, yeah, so what I would need for you to do is to go onto the website and put that okay. information in, and um, there's a charge for that. We, I charge the $20 because I have to pay for each time I access okay. the program. And then you'll be sent, what you'll get is the, um, you'll get actually the, the front of the book, the main information of the book, mm-hmm. plus you'll get your animal and you'll get the actual information <clears throat> from that animal that's in the book. So you kind of get like your own excerpt from the book. Okay. I, I guess the other thing, I, I still see uh, uh, the dog that we used to have who died maybe five years ago. I still see him in, in my dreams at night. And he's still still around. Yes. Um, now, there's kind of a difference between the domesticated animals and, and uh, what I would call the more wild animals. The domesticated animals are in service to humanity in what we would call the third dimension. So uh-huh. they are kind of they're kind of more like our um our our parents, you know, like um, for example, my husband um passed away and um and I was able to communicate with him because of my um skill uh, in this. And so I asked him, I said, what was it like when you got there? And he said, well, all the animals were here. So they tend to stay on the same dimensional level as the human beings, the human spirits that they have served. So they're kind mm-hmm. of in a different place on, on the field. Okay. Whereas okay. the power animals are a little bit more like spirit guides. Okay. So there's a little difference in the way that I see I see the the domesticated. Well, thank you. Great question. Thank you. What, what's really interesting, Michael, is when you um, continue to add years to your life and you've had all these pets and they're still hanging out with you even though they've passed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my, my bed gets very, very crowded at night with thank all my you. cats that Thank I've you. Had. <laughs> I wasn't quite going to go there, but I, but I will say that I, I have a... Uh, like an 18, 19 pound dog, like a Benji dog. And he's just so full of life and full of himself. And um, he stopped getting up on the bed. And so I called the uh, pet communicator and I said, what in the world is going on? And she said, "Um, because the dog that had passed, one of the other dogs that we had was up there taking the space and he didn't feel like there was a place for him. Yes, I was going to say I have my bed is full of all my cats at night <laughs> that I've had through my lifetime. <laughs> no doubt. Michael, it's a pleasure to have you. Do you have any more questions? Thank you. That's all I have. Well, we're grateful that you're with us. Thank you for holding on. Really appreciate it. Pleasure to, to meet you. Bye. Um, Lori, you were also sharing the... Uh, significance of um, people. I, I know that uh, when we were at a commercial break, we were talking about, I know so many people that I've worked with in the last 20 years that one, once they really identify with their power animal or animals, uh, they're first and foremost usually not surprised 
you know, except the ones that mm-hmm. are anticipating it's going to be an elephant and it winds up being a squirrel or, you know, a rabbit or something, mm-hmm. or they have some kind of <laughs> ego attachment that it's got to be yeah. big or it's got to be a certain way. But, um, and that, that's kind of what we love about the other world is your mind can't make it. So you can't influence, uh, what's going to come. And, uh, that's a beautiful thing. But I've certainly duly noted how people are impacted energetically, spiritually, uh, from a sense of inner empowerment of when they know who their, uh, what their animal totems are. Yes, it's, it's going to be life-changing. I've seen situations where that, just knowing what that animal is with them has created a, an entire different perspective on life. You know, I have had a case where uh, my granddaughter was struggling with um, sleeping at night. She was scared, you know, the night terrors that kids get. And um, so I said, well, let's go find your power animal and let's get, give you some support, you know, with this. And so we went off on a little journey together. And, of course, kids, they totally get this. They see them all the time. And so we took off to go to the underworld to find it. We hadn't even got started. And she looked at me and she says, I see the lion. I said, oh, okay. And it was what I had seen as well. And so throughout her childhood, she would call in Lion, and the night terrors problem was gone because she felt this companion with her, sleeping with her. She would call him in. And so we the whole sleep terror thing was gone after we did that. Oh, I love that. I absolutely mm-hmm. love that. I, I, I had a client that... Um, she just kept doing the uh, saboteur, you know, like she knew she had a lot of wisdom and a lot of power, but she kept, you know, sabotaging herself. And once we went through a process and she discovered her, her power, power animal, a giraffe, um, it, it was transformative for her. And I, as I'm sure you do, and this is more a specialty for you, for me, it's one of, um, many hats that I think are necessary for uh, a spiritual leadership. But um, I urge people to put, you know, photographs or images in their, in their home. And early on in my career, um, I, I probably talked about it, but how uh, one of my strong uh, power animals is a horse. And (laughs) I have so many statues of horses and vases (laughs) and, paintings and horses eyes and <laughs> i know that's what usually happens because you know, it's like oh someone. well you know you want to give somebody a unique gift let me give them a statue <laughs> of their power animal <laughs> but you know i just <laughs> don't it happens all every the time one of them has like, a, have, a like, different meaning to me and they're all around my <laughs> office and at home yeah, and that's what happens is people think that, you know, they'll, they'll have like 50 frogs around and they'll they'll come in and say, Lori, what's, what's my power animal? I'll be looking around the house going, <laughs> I think it's probably the frog. <laughs> so, yeah. That is too funny. funny. It's too funny. How has this work um, changed you? Well, you know, it it has really taught me that my perspective on the planet is has been so confused about what's you know what's around me mm-hmm. and you know i you know a lot of us we don't have a connection to 
animals in the wild like we used to. You know, that was very much the way people lived. You know, they would encounter them on, on their walk to the to the river, you know, and have a lot of connection. But I, um, you know, we don't do that anymore. And so we mostly see them in zoos or on Facebook in a video. So we've kind of, you know, lost our connection um, to this thing that was very much about forebears and their understanding of the connection to all things. And, you know, with our you know, with being limited and to seeing them in, in domesticated settings or things like that, we, you know, have very much separated ourselves from nature. And, you know, I know that in this shamanism world, that's that's really all it was about. It was very much an integrated um, practice, um, working with animals and, and drawing them to you for um, reasons to support your earthly journey. And they're really a, an intimate part of life and death on Earth. And you, know, you see many shrines and caves you know, have been found with human and animal remains lying together in the same burial grounds. And you know, perhaps that was a message that we travel with them to the afterlife and we support each other you know, through these sacred journeys and these kind of final journeys you know, as we go into <clears throat> places of transcendence. And so you know, we, we look at the cave paintings you know, and and how animals were, you know, that's probably one of the most painted things as an animal <laughs> in all these indigenous cultures. And so, you know, we, we have a profound debt to them, and we have, there are partners on the planet. And the more we can connect to the animal kingdom, the more we connect to ourselves and our being and, you know, the, the universal place of who we are. So we're all talking about oneness and, and becoming one with everything. Well, you know, a great first step is this relationship with the animal kingdom. So essential and so necessary. <clears throat> one of the stories that keeps coming in mind that for some reason I'm, I know I'm supposed to tell it, a number of years ago, uh, an associate minister who was uh, extremely uh, important and valuable and special to my work um, uh, told me that he had decided to leave and, and go to another community. And of course, you know, there's always the excitement and happiness and, you know, and it made it makes perfect sense and all that stuff. But emotionally, it was like, Oh my gosh. So let's say that was on a Thursday. So on Friday, I go out on the boat with um, a neighbor. And um, so while we were there, I, I don't recall ever seeing so many dolphins in my life. They were at every spot, you know, like not one, not two, not a mom and a baby, but I mean, a whole group of them. And then later on that day, I, I saw a hummingbird. Uh, right there outside of my lanai, which is, um, you know, hum hummingbirds are certainly welcome and, and, and they're here in Florida, but I, I haven't had one like that I've noted, like right there, that close to my mm -hmm. backyard. And, yeah. and so it's just a beautiful, you know, comforting. Uh, I spoke about it that Sunday of how, you know, the dolphin energy was reminding all of us to be vulnerable, you know, and that, that mm -hmm. level of, wanting to trust and jump all the way in, but in a way being kind of skeptical, like, mm, not really sure. And then how the hummingbird goes from place to place to place because the adventure, right? And um, right, those kind yeah. of things are transformative. They're so transformative. 
And you remember them, as I just did with that. And that was many years ago. Yeah, and the hummingbird's all about the journey. Um, and it's also the journey to the ancestral realm for many of the indigenous peoples. And so, um, you know, they, they're, they're so, the hummingbirds are so smart. They will um, wait for a flower to generate more nectar so that it will come back and, and always be at the optimum time to extract it. <laughs> I mean, the, the detail um, of, of these creatures, you know, and how they interact with nature and with the world around them. You know, the, the, old, the Indians used to sit around, um, you know, their fires and, and talk about how animals would, you know, what they would do for survival. And they, they used the animal kingdom as teachers, you know, of how to, um, you know, how to survive and their tactics and how did they eat and how did they capture food to eat. And so, you know, they were, they were huge teachers for us. Oh, absolutely. Well, every now and then it's important to have some of that elephant energy just in case. <laughs> <laughs> yes, elephant is like talking to, um, you know, someone with about 15 PhDs. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I found that. I was like, you can get way more out of an elephant than you can your um, college professor. <laughs> Well, everyone, I, I just can't say enough about this book. I've, I've had it in my office for quite some time. I, I love it. Um, I love the imagery in it. It's such a easy and, and, and yet I don't want to, I don't want to say easy read and, and, and make you think that it's too simplistic. It's powerful. It is profound. Like Lori says, she gives a history of it, different cultures, the exposure, what it means from all walks of life, different countries, their exposure to the animals, the energies that it brings, the, what it touches, the awareness. Uh, there, it's just so full of, um, of so much wisdom and knowledge, and you'll, you'll find that you'll have these little... Um, you know, the pages will be worn uh, because you will definitely go through it and make notes about the incredible journeys and your encounters of, of your life. Do as I did. Go to the website, lauriemorrison.com, and scroll down to discover what your power animal is and um, and get engaged. If, if, if you already are, get deeper. And if you aren't already, then be open um, because it's, it's beautiful to have uh, other tools in your toolbox. If you're in recovery, if you're walking through some relationship changes, if you're looking to relocate in your life, if you are exploring different dreams, um, now's the time uh, to bring this into to your life. We love having you participate with us on Intentional Spirit. Thank you for sharing the show with your friends. Join us at firstunity.org or uh, as well, templehays.com. I'm always doing various spiritual trips, such as going to Unity Village in 2020 with a group of friends, Stogood and uh, Mark Fuss. Lots of things always going on in, in a good way and with a great intention. Lori, in closing, oh, what's your last word of wisdom you want to leave us with today? I just can't believe our show's already coming to an end. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just, you know, I wanted to say that, the, you know, the shaman's ears are always open to the universe. And it know, the shaman knows that the greatest wisdom for humanity comes from the natural world. And so although we go in, out and look for 
all of these, you know, prophet, you know, prophecy, prophetic messages and things. You know, the natural world um, is the mystical world and can bring a lot of profound knowledge and truly expand your vision as you um, take your spiritual journey. And any more up-and-coming events that you have that we want to be aware of? Anything new coming our way that you can tell us very quickly? Well, I do, um, I do a little Facebook show on healing crystals. One of the things that is with the book is an actual crystal that I um, was able to channel the vibration to see which crystal goes with which animal. So it's kind of fun to get your power animal and then you can get the crystal that resonates with that animal and then maybe build a small little altar or something like that um, and to make you know, kind make of honor matter. the animal. You know, make it matter. Thank you, everyone, yeah. for tuning in and stay with us, Lori, for just a moment. But goodbye, everyone. Uh, we will see you again next week. Many blessings. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. What is it you really want in life? No matter what you've been through, you can still achieve it. I'm Sandra Ann Taylor, and in my Energy Activation podcast, we'll explore the science of manifestation and I'll give you specific techniques to shift your energy in order to make your dreams a reality. I also do live energy readings, and you can be a part of the show by emailing your questions to me at sandrataylor.net. Join me on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.